Radio Live with your hosts, Jim and Sandy Young. Welcome, everyone. I am Reverend Sandy. And I am Reverend Jim. Welcome to Angel Talk Radio Live. Our show is sponsored by the Living Light Center at Church of Faith and Healing. For anyone interested, Jim and I do personal readings. And if you'd like to have a personal reading, you can call 304-567-3354 or email sandysangeltalk at aol.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y-S. A-N-G-E-L-T-A-L-K at AOL.com. Welcome, everyone. I am, I am Reverend Sandy. And I'm Reverend Jim. And welcome to Angel Talk Radio. Uh, today we are going to be talking about how to tell a lie from the truth. But before we get started, I'd like to do a little reading here for you. And we will go into that now. We are at a place where we must closely look at our beliefs, our habits, our ideals, and understanding of our life, both physically and spiritually. And as we evolve into higher levels of consciousness, many of our existing ways will have to change. We will begin to accept the spiritual path more, and our expanded awareness can grasp the spiritual existence of life. We are evolving into a level where the higher beings of light exist. And there, in this place, it is ruled by the laws of God so that chaos may be avoided, that a more loving nature is predominant. We are evolving on every level and are being allowed to take in more light, which brings light codes and new awareness. We begin to see a higher truth. Our intuition expands. All of our higher senses enhance. But at the same time, we must be responsible. There will be a period of time where the darkness must be recognized in us and will need to be dealt with to be able to move to this higher place of light. Prayer and acknowledging the divine holy trinity and accepting that we are beings of light that have come here. Our soul has chosen to come to this planet and to see this planet with light and in hope that we may awaken as many other souls on this planet as possible, and at the same time, raise the consciousness and awareness so that we can lift this planet to a higher level of awareness where there is more love and where we will feel more at peace. Know that we are never alone, that the angels and the divine Holy Trinity and beings of light are always here to help us. And when you find troubling times, turn to them, ask for this help, and they will always be there for you. With much love to all, blessings to you. That was awesome, wasn't it? Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, let's start off here by saying that the sacred words of God 
are not simply words, but energy triggers of light. Their purpose is to reprogram molecules of flesh into the vestal of light. These are the primary words of a code system interwoven into Jesus' garment of light to trigger the liberation of the two bodies, the physical and the light body. And by speaking them, we activate our own body of light. It is through the language of light that Jesus gives each believer faith, active in light and love. This is one of the greatest gifts of the sacred teachings, the activation of the language of light, so that the language of secrecy used by the prophets and disciples is revealed. Jesus received his higher blessings, which united his higher consciousness, or Christed over self, before the throne, which unites with his perfect human nature that has left the physical body and is prepared for the procession of the infinite. This shows us our own abilities of ascension into the higher world. For when we have connected to our Christed higher self, we will be given a greater light garment for ascension. We can ascend to the realms that are higher than many of the angels. This is the power inherent in all mankind. Not only can we change our physical body into a spiritual form, but we can change our spiritual form into an even greater energy garment for a greater ascension process. The sacred words will help us rebuild our body cell by cell, molecule by molecule in consciousness dimension by consciousness dimension so that we will be able to put on that garment of light necessary to go to these dimensional realms of higher intelligence and higher glory. And as we come to the gates with the proper names, the words, and vibration, the gates will open to us. Then as we enter, we will directly co-participate with the races of the Father's universe. For it is following the teachings of Jesus as the glorified Christ that we receive from him the codes within the vestures of light. So know that, beloved ones, when you teach the kingdom, when you share the keys to the kingdom, when you activate the sacred names, you must have also the forgiveness, the blessings, the love, and the power so that the soul may be blessed on all 13 levels. Have the power to cast aside with one hand while drawing to your heart with the other because Jesus could do this. He was patient. He was the one who came and coordinated and worked with the power of Michael and Melchizedek to restore the power of Sophia. The hierarchy words as a unity, a harmony, not of superiority, but of responsibility it was Christ's mission to come down to bring the Christ blueprint within the child. He was born as a male from the divine feminine. The Holy Spirit, in her feminine manifestation of the Godhead, is the divine mother, but only as a vehicle of light which takes on many forms. 
So it is not just the Father and Son, but it is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it is not just the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also Michael, Melchizedek, Sophia, and all the 12 saviors working together. This is how the tree of life expands. And Jesus said to them, Amen. I say to you, not only will I purify your sins, but I will make you worthy of the kingdom of my Father, and I will give you the mystery of the forgiveness of sins upon the earth, so that whomever you forgive on earth will be forgiven in heaven, and whomever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I will give you the mystery of the heavenly kingdom, so that you yourselves may perform them for humanity. The classic utterance of this by Jesus is in the Gospel of Matthew 16:19, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of the heavens, and whatever you may bind on earth will be the thing bound in the heavens, and whatever you may unloose on earth will be the thing unloosened in the heavens. The receiving of the keys of the kingdom of the heavens is now brought into clear focus through the sacred geometries of your family of light in which you share on earth as you also share in the heavens. The Gospel of John 20:23. After the resurrection, Jesus re- revealed himself in a glorified state and brought forth the breath of the Holy Spirit to all of his disciples who are also his family on earth and in heaven as twelve are united as one. The Holy Spirit, as the feminine aspect, is also present with the twelve and with Christ. And when the power of forgiveness is bestowed, and this is forgiveness not only for the disciples, but also for Eve, and not only for Sophia, but also all the entities who have experienced this state of existence, both male and female, from Cain to Ham, and yes, even Seth, the brother of Osiris. This is because the power of forgiveness releases the final blockages between you and the kingdom of God. And so, with the keys of the kingdom comes also the power of forgiveness bestowed by Christ and the Holy Spirit, the power which is able to unbind all past, present, and future patterns of limitations, releasing the bound spirit into its true nature as a glorious light being. Forgiveness is the act of love and grace through which the soul-body relationship is released so that a reconciliation takes place and the divine nature is awakened and begins to permeate one's whole being. Divine nature is awakened, and in forgiveness, limitations and burdens of the physical and mental body are liberated, and work with the light body, it begins. As a result, the law that underlines the design of life is fulfilled by the supernature of the Christed soul that is restored. And the penalty of living in terminal earthbound systems of life is removed. So with forgiveness, the soul is declared innocent 
of the intensifications of karma and is placed in the position of never having been separated from the law at all. There is no punishment, for there is no longer the removal from eternal life. In other words, the person who receives forgiveness becomes righteous, connected with Melchizedek, who receives the soul as the holistic, purified nature, transformed by the elements of fire, water, and light. There's other areas that we really need to take a look at, and part of it is we have to look at maintaining balance with our inner self and our outer self. Our inner self nature and consciousness must be given their share of attention and opportunity as well. We must give our outer nature and consciousness their share also. You see, the inner reality is where God has promised to meet us. It is the realm of the infinite, the universal oneness. It is the realm of the dreams, the visions, the imagings, and from out of it comes the intuition, the ideas, and inspirations. It's the yin, the night, the place of stillness and attunement. Prayer leads us there. Stillness maintains us there. Deep, true knowing comes from within us. Deep, lasting companionship comes from within us. The peace that passes understanding, Philippians 4, seven, comes from within us. In all our doings, we must stay plugged in to this portion of our nature and consciousness if we are to be truly whole and healthy. Now, the outer reality is where we interact with others. The second greatest commandment, it is the realm of the finite, the individual, the multiplicity of the realm of manyness. And in this reality, we have the opportunity to love, to give, to do, and apply what we know and feel is best. It is the yang of life, the day, the realm of action and service, guided by an ideal. We in this outer realm and consciousness manifest or make real our inner beliefs. Here, we walk our talk. Here, we test just how deeply we really mean what we think and say. And through this activity, our inner self finds truth in action, tested and proven. The peace that passes understanding may begin within, but its full realization comes only from outer application. What form does the Antichrist come? in the spirit of that opposed to the spirit of truth. You see, the fruits of the spirit of the Christ are love, joy, obedience, long-suffering, brotherly love, kindness. The Antichrist is contention, hate, strife, fault-finding, lovers of self, lovers of praise. The dark forces are the attitude, the spirit of contention, strife, fault-finding in our everyday lives, which take possession of not only individuals, but also groups and masses. The forces of darkness are trouble, turmoil, strife, dissension, disorder, and harmony, and such, and these be the children of darkness, 
The Antichrist is given power by us. Individuals are the channels of light or darkness, depending on which spirit we allow ourselves to be caught up with. If we give God a chance and our individual lives, then the power of the Lord may put the thousands of dark influences to flight. And, and ye will call, I will hear. Edgar Casey frequently cautioned against judging who is good or evil, saying, only a very thin veil exists between the sublime and the ridiculous, thinner between the good and the evil. So when judging one another, he encouraged us to magnify the virtues and minimize the faults. You may speak of evil of evil things, but not of man, for he is in the image of his God, and man's soul is eternal. Then speak not evil of thy brother, lest ye condemn thy own self. How we can protect ourselves from evil influences? Casey answered, so surround thyself by thought, by deed, by act, with the consciousness of the Christ that no man, no group, no thought may hurt thee. And when others say, do or act, so that depression comes, be gentle, be kind, be patient, be long-suffering. And if look or speech is made, let it be in gentleness, in loving kindness, and not stirring up, either in self or without. For in so doing, we overcome that as has been termed by some as karma. We overcome and put throughout the children of darkness that prevent the light. The powers against the dark forces are the fruits of the Spirit. Patience is so important. And Edgar Casey said patience was not just a virtue, but another dimension, time, space, and patience. Then are those channels through which man as a finite mind, may become aware of the infinite. There is no time, there is no space when patients become manifested in love. Love, unbounded in patience. Love, manifested, is patience. And when patience becomes an active principle in our lives, we rise above the limitations of time and space. It is our finite mind, our human side that holds us in the dimensions of time and space. But we have access to our finite mind, our Christ-like side that can and will lift us beyond time and space. Patience is not passive. It's enduring and submissive. It's active, transforming, and filled with the power of God in action. Actively trying to resist finding fault or criticism and criticizing others, you know, trying not to do that is patience. Trying to manifest love when it hurts is patience. William Shakespeare's suggestion that we judge the act, not the actor, is the best course to take. And this way, we may condemn the actions the words, but withhold condemning the soul that committed them. You see, patience requires that we lose the hold on our finite mind and human side have upon us and open 
to our infinite mind, the Christ consciousness, and our spiritual godlike side, we should actively run the race set before us, loving, not condemning those around us, and walking the daily path with God. When we do this, we live in another dimension, one beyond the limitations of time and space, one that's eternal, filled with peace that passes all understanding. And as Jesus taught, in patience, possess ye your soul. Luke 21, 19. In the applications, we find a way to bring some of this inner attunement to our outer life. And even if it simply means a different attitude that you are holding, a different way you are reacting, a different way you are listening to other people. Worse than condemning others is condemning yourself. To abuse ourselves is to lose self-respect. We must first be able to live with ourselves, find a certain peace within our own heart, and then act from that place. It helps to remember that on this plane, the earth plane, God manifests only in nature and in the human heart. We came here in part to make that manifestation more real and more present. So how can I improve on doing this? How can I improve, like, my meditations? And the answer was by being as giving more and more patient, more and more long-suffering, more and more tolerant, more and more lovely to everyone you meet in your every way you act, in every word you speak, and every thought you think. After a while, we begin to feel the spirit of God, of universal consciousness of life itself, flowing through us from meditation to situations to relationships, and often with astonishing results. You see that love, patience, and tolerance and giving are all aspects of the spirit of God. So doing them brings us into that spirit. In the end, that is what our lives are all about. Prayer, meditation, dreams, visions, and studying sacred teachings are all limited in their power to spiritualize and enlighten us. One also needs to be living a balanced life, discerning good and evil, and choosing good with our free wills, making haste slowly in patience and faith, and applying what we have learned giving of what we have received and doing what we know to do and taking our attunement and spiritual growth and using them in service to humanity in cooperation with God. It's best to proceed step by step, day by day, here a little and there a little, until the whole loaf of our being, our body, mind, and soul, is leavened with the Spirit of God, bringing us into complete oneness and compatibility with our Father, Mother, God again. What is spiritualized desire? It's the desire that the Lord may use you as a channel of blessings to all you may contact day by day, that there may come to you experiences, whatever is necessary for you to be cleansed. When the soul shines forth, in pure thoughts, conversation, meditation, and in the realm 
or the spirit of truth and life is one with you, then you are ready to spiritualize your work here on this earth. It's amazing, you know, in today's society, we don't have much longer. And when I tell you that, I can't express in words just how much time we have, how short of a time we have, but it is close. It is very close. And you can see that the agendas um, that the, the elites of power um, have in mind and want to put in place, that they're now scrambling as quick as they can to try and put them in place. You had the massive wildfires um, on the island in Hawaii. I mean, gee, it didn't burn any of the, the more expensive homes in the back, but the people who lived up towards the front of the island, um, you know, and had very modest homes, it pretty much just decimated all that. And why? Could it be that we'd like to put a military base there? And the easiest way to do it is, without having to pay for it, is have the insurance companies pay for it, and, you know, and we'll just bulldoze it down and we'll put a military base there. And everybody will think, wow, government stepped in, did what they were supposed to. Really? I mean, can we look beyond what the two eyes in our heads see? Because the human body, the physical human body, was created for the five senses. It was created to touch and feel and see and hear, and especially the eyes to see. And so we have come over these vast millennia, we have come to believe what we see. Now, a few may walk up and want to touch it just to make sure that, you know, oh, yeah, it, it is what I thought it was. But it still doesn't prove that it is what you think it is. And we have to, at this point, if we haven't already, we have to get away from the aspect of what we see. You know, the old saying of what you see is what you get. Well, you know, that's just, you know, has no basis in truth. Jesus said things throughout his ministry, and I guarantee you that he never spoke a word that didn't have a meaning, a reason, and had great power if you knew to use it. When he sent the disciples out to teach and reach out to the people, he sent them out without a purse, without any money, the clothes on their back, and they said, but, but Lord, how are we supposed to survive? He said, knock on a door, tell them who you are, and, and more than likely they'll invite you in for supper. He said, but how do we know that they're not plotting against us, and when we go in for supper, actually they'll end up harming us? Jesus said, when you walk to that front door and you knock, and they invite you in, speak these words. Peace be unto this house. Hear it again. Peace be unto this house. And he said, if there is an agenda of any kind that is behind that door, he said, trust me, that it will show itself almost immediately. And you will know that that is not the place for you to be. And we are at that place again. 
we are coming into a time when God said, my spirit will not always dwell with man. And we're coming into that time when even the most righteous among us are going to have problems without feeling the presence of God within us. Not that you can't pray and God can hear you, but you won't be able to feel that presence. And I can't imagine what that's going to feel like, but the angels have described it as it's going to be horrendous to most because you rely on that feeling and you don't even really oftentimes recognize how much you rely on that feeling. But it's coming, and it's coming very, very, very soon. I can't express it enough. They told us, the angelics, when we went before them and the Christ, we went before an angelic council meeting, and we were told, you know, it's coming so quickly. And the idea here is don't look left, don't look right. Look straight ahead and focus on what it is that you need to focus on to get it done, because otherwise you'll never get it done. Something to the left will catch your eye, and it'll pull you off your path for just a second. But then the right side of your, of your brain, it will argue that, no, the left's wrong. And before you know it, you've got a confusion going on inside your own brain. And how often does that happen? Well, it does happen. <laughs> you know, it, it just does. And, but if you stay in the middle, at the middle point and refuse to let the two argue, let them argue if they want the two sides of the brains, but you know where you're going and stay on that path. And they said, don't let anything pull you off because there will be attempts, you know, all the time to, to take and pull you to either to the left or to the right, one side or the other, and it may seem that it's right. Oh, well, you know, maybe that could help me do what I need to do. Don't do it. Don't allow yourself to be pulled one way or the other, but walk straight ahead. It was Peter who was on the small boat on, the, I believe, the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus had stayed behind. And all of a sudden, the storms brewed up, and, I mean, they were everywhere. And off in the distance, they could see a man walking towards them on the water. And at first they were afraid. They thought, it must be a ghost. It must be, you know, a discarnate. It must be, you know, something that is, you know, supernatural. And the closer they got to it, they realized that it was Jesus. And Peter was the only one who leaped out of the boat and started toward Jesus. And he could walk on that water and not sink so long as he kept his, his eyes on Christ. And the minute that he would become afraid or look left or look right, he would start to sink beneath the waves. And Jesus would yell to him, don't take your eyes off of me. And it's the lesson of, of this time frame that we're in. Don't take your eyes off me. Because Christ, Christ is all things. He is the one through whom all extremes are met. And honestly, if you haven't noticed it yet, you should have that even people who have been your best friends, people who have been, you know, you've known all your life, or maybe... You haven't known them that long, but they seemed like good people. You may find 
that all of a sudden they're backbiting, they're talking about you. They're, they're doing things that aren't normal. Why? Because if a little bit of darkness gets into a person, it multiplies itself by seven times. And it can change the personality of the individual that it is now occupying. And it is very difficult to remove. And you will find that there are a lot of people who just, you know, they will even say, I go to, I go to church on Sunday and I believe that, you know, that Christ died for my sins. That should be all I need to do. Well, it's not. You know, that's the start. But you have to act out what Jesus act out, acted out. You have to be, if you want to be, you know, one with God in your consciousness, you have to walk that walk. And trust me, it's not an easy walk. Not at all. But you have to walk it. You have to walk as you know he walked. If you're not sure what that is, look it up in the book of Acts. Almost the entire book is the Acts of Jesus. And you will see that these things he said I do, you can do and more. And it's so true. We just have to look past what we're told. Too easily, we just, oh, okay. Uh, if that's, you know, whatever they're telling me must be true. Well, one of my favorite authors was, you know, a man by the name of Jim Mars. And he wrote oh, several books. But he said, I don't believe a thing, he said, until the government has denied it. So I'm not putting down the government. I'm just saying that, you know, that don't depend upon the government to give you the advice of what's coming. You know, we're told and taught from the time we're children that pirates were on the seas, the high seas, and they looted and, and sunk ships of countries and, and buried their treasure on islands. That never happened. Number one, they were the Templars, and they flew the flag of the cross and, and, and even of the skull, the crossbones. They flew it. Mostly, the cross, though, was on their flags. And they were wealthy of their own right. And the, or the navies of most countries, they actually started the fights and wanted to sink their ships so they could get their, their, you know, their possessions because God blessed them with many. If you come to a point where you see something or you, something comes before you and you're not sure of the answer to it, if it comes to you in the daytime, ponder it at night. If it comes to you in the nighttime, ponder it during the daylight because we are in a polarity world. And if one side of the brain picks up on something, it's the other side that will balance it out so that you can see all sides of it and know it's truth. We are in a time where what is truth is looked on as a lie. What's a lie will be looked on as truth. Take a look at, at money. We say, in God we trust. And to many I know, it's the gold, the silver, the material possessions that when taken away, so goes our faith. 
just as the U.S. dollar is called the almighty dollar, so was God long before the creation of the dollar referred to as the almighty God. You see how they, they push it in? And nobody really knows. As a matter of fact, oh, what a great thing, you know, to, to, to put that on our dollar bills. In God we trust. I mean, that shows we're a Christian nation. Really? Depends on what you do with that dollar. If you're misusing that dollar, or you are creating contempt, something for your neighbor, if you are taking something that doesn't belong to you, you know, and you're using dollars that have in God we trust, you are defaming the name. And so, you know, one must be very careful to look at things very closely. There's so many things that we're not told, but they do happen. I mean, why are the chemtrails in our skies? There used to be contrails, and they were made of a, more like an exhaust fume. But they would go across the sky behind the plane, but they would dissipate within minutes. Now, when chemtrails are placed in the sky by these planes, they put out a, a trail of noxious, toxic gases, and they intermingle, and they can create an entire cloud cover. I'm convinced that some days there's calling for no rain, but yet you'll look at it that night and it'll say, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. And you'll go outside and the chemtrails are being put up, I mean, thick. And it doesn't take them long. In about an hour, they can cover the entire sky. And those chemtrails will just spread out and create an entire cloud cover. And what's in them? Well, they have went all the way to the Supreme Court and received an order for these companies to declare what is in the chemtrails, and they still have refused to do so because they say that the information is proprietary. Well, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't really have anybody that they can go to and say, look, this is our order, do it. I mean, they send it to the, ju- or to the um, executive branch, but the executive branch ignores it. I mean, you know... What good is having a body of law that is based on the Constitution if it has no power to enforce that law? Something's missing, and we know it's missing. They just found out that there are a massive series of cavern-like structures under one of the Great Lakes. It extends all the way down through the eastern part of the Ohio Valley. Do you think maybe it could be linked to that recent train crash and release of toxic chemicals, which we still don't know the full truth of? But people, some people were told to stay put, in place. Well, you can have all the duct tape in your house you want, but it ain't going to work to keep those toxic fumes out of your house if you duct tape your doorways and your windows. It's not going to work. And, you know... And almost all evacuations, haven't you noticed that the evacuation, mandatory evacuation is called, just as the hurricane's about to hit land. Why? I mean, why? If you have relatives, someplace to go, or you can afford to uh, you know, drive the other way, why would you not call for that evacuation just to be safe? you got nothing to lose. If you go and 
and it swerves out a different way, and it misses you. But that typically doesn't happen. You know, it amazes me that I was told by a friend of mine who works for FEMA that massive amounts of, of bottled water was showed up at, at one of the, uh, I forget which one of the catastrophes it was, but massive amounts of bottled water. And they let it set in the sun, and the plastic bottles melted. And when they started melting, it just ruined the water. Now, come on. We have technologies that we can hit an asteroid flying through the air and blow it up, or at least knock a chunk of it off anywhere. So, but we don't have the ability to, you know, to provide sustainability so to speak, to people who are in need. I mean, gee, many, you know, I can't get through to people because they don't want to do it the right way. They want to do it the way that the bottles will set in the sun and they'll melt, and, and then the people have nothing to drink, nothing to wash with. You know, we have to stop allowing those type of government officials or agency officials to get away with that. Hold them accountable. I mean, really hold them accountable. When the election comes up, I mean, vote for anybody else. Maybe that should be on the ballot, you know. The, the, the third, second or third name should be anyone else, <laughs> you know. But that train crash and that release of toxic chemicals was just so strange because they didn't even address it. They didn't do anything about it right away, and it just got worse and worse and worse. But is that setting right on top of those structures of caverns that run north to south and all the way up underneath, you know, one or more of the Great Lakes. Because if they were to collapse, that water would rush down through there and probably become part of the Mississippi, which has been predicted for 40 or more years, you know, as going to happen. And it's going to create a seaway almost where... The Mississippi is now. And yet, two weeks ago, I was passing by the television set, and I saw somebody walking across the Mississippi. It was dry land. And I thought, that's impossible. I mean, we've had enough rains in tributaries north, and of course snow melting, that it all comes down and hits the, the Mississippi River. What, what is going on? Where's that water going? And in other places, too. I mean, the, the West Coast gets pounded with, with you know, hurricanes and, 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 you know, massive amounts of water and rain and, and, and wind. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, they're back on the endangered list for, for drought. It doesn't make sense. But there was, if you, if you caught it, there was a blip that came out from NASA that said that, that deep, space technology and technology that could see into the earth, you know, down deep into the earth, had, had found a reservoir of water that is massive. I mean, extremely massive. And my guess is that's where the water's been going. Well, what happens if it gets out and where it gets out? It's going to throw the balance of this earth back and forth like a top. And it's coming. 
I mean, it can't hold much more according to the powers that be. And yet, they let that train burn and burn and burn. People said, they told us to stay in place, but my eyes were burning. I could barely breathe. I mean, you know, who do you know? You expect that these these individuals, you know, have your best interest at heart. When is the last time you can count that that anyone in those agencies did something that you could say was for your best health, for your best prosperity, for your best anything? You know, instead, oh, let's buy a table, you know, and put it in the room and pay, what, $6,000 for it? May have been more. I don't even remember. But, or let's put a telephone booth in the corner so I can make my phone calls and nobody can hear me. It's just ridiculous. And we, what, we got rid of him? Did we really? He's out there somewhere. I mean, and the thing about it is, most of the times, they show back up. You know, who was the Clinton administration, you know, who was, I mean, a chief, you know, associate of Clinton, and they caught him with a hooker in a room. Now, he says he was getting a massage. Okay. I'm not going to dispute it. I wasn't there, you know, just so you know, honey. I wasn't in that room. And he was getting a massage, and he's talking to, the, to President Clinton, and they're talking about top-secret information with the massage therapist in the room. You know, he wanted to look big, his ego. He wanted to make sure that, you know, he looked like he had it all together. Well, it wasn't soon that he was fired from that. But you know what? How long did it take? Less than a year, and all of a sudden, he's an expert on Fox News. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's all you got to do is just wait it out. Don't worry. Just, just sit back and relax. Take a vacation, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll put you somewhere. And, you know, and we all forget. I've had people tell me, do you ever listen to that guy on uh, Fox News? And it's like, do you know who that guy is? Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's you know, he's really well-versed in politics. I bet he is. He's well-versed in massages, too. But have we yet learned to ask anyone who claims to be a professional, a doctor, I don't care if they're a car repair person or, or anything else, if they claim to be a professional, do we ask to see their, their diploma confirming that they are who they say they are? Do you know in West Virginia you can be a nurse and you can call yourself, West, you can call yourself a doctor? You can walk in and say, hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so. But you're, you're really a nurse. And they're allowing it because they can't get doctors. Even though in West Virginia you can't sue a doctor. You can't sue a medical professional. You know, they cut off the wrong leg Oh well. You know, it must have been something that you did. And to me that is, oh, that is, that's gross. Gross misconduct. And, you know... $28 million was given to the um, state of West Virginia for flood destruction that had happened a few years back, and it's still setting in an account somewhere, somehow. And for a rainy day is what they said. Rainy day, already had the rainy day. That's called a flood, <laughs> and that's what the money was for. And so <clears throat> I don't know if you know it, but they're merging. 
the hospitals, the merging the doctor's offices um, into regional locations so that, you know, they're kind of in a string. And what one follows, they all follow. And I was told by a doctor that five doctors and two regular citizens get together and form a little board, and they decide which medications will be available. Now, we all know how many medications are there out there. They pick from them which medications will be available, and it's, it's particularly about four or five, I think, um, for a particular illness. And, and, you know, what the doctors can do and what they can't do. If you go see a doctor, they can only treat you in West Virginia. They can only treat you for one ailment at a time. So you can walk in there and your leg's severed and your shoulder is out of place and you've got a concussion. Well, they have to choose which one they're going to treat you for. One thing at a time. And that's just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And I do speak up and they know I speak up and they don't like it very well. I'm sorry, you know, I try to do it as, in a nicer way as I can, but if I see something that is just shocks the conscience, well, you know, I'm going to say something. Have you checked your property deeds? It was one of the things in the Constitution that was the most prized of the founding fathers was, was private property. There is now so much corruption between clerks, surveyors, and greedy men who have taken property by retyping the deeds, adding stuff in, taking stuff out and giving it to themselves on another deed, and even inserting your notarized page right on the back of the newly written deed. I mean, are we aware of that, or do we just take for granted that well, these guys are, you know, they take an oath or whatever to do what they're supposed to do, but do they? Do, is that what they do? And everybody should be held accountable. I think, you know, I'm not necessarily a Ronald Reagan fan one way or the other. I think that some good things were done, but one way or the other, I'm not either here nor there, except that he said one of the scariest things you can hear is, hi, I'm here from the government, and I'm here to help. And, you know, you got to look at that one at least and go, you know, hey, there's the truth there. I mean, let's take a look at Princess Diana. How long has it been since anyone out there has taken the time to look at her death? She died at the 13th pillar. Well, that was the location where the goddess Diana had built one of her temples, where it had been located. All of a sudden, the 911 system went down. There was no way to call for an ambulance, and one car comes the other way and stops, and she's outside the car, and he's holding her, and she's talking to him, and somehow or another, he's able to get a phone call, and an ambulance comes. Who knows how long it took? And she's talking to him, and the ambulance picks her up and takes her away, but it passes two hospitals before it stops finally at the third hospital. And it was said that her manner of death was a bursted aorta. Well, I'm here to tell you, if your aorta bursts, I don't think I'd be talking. I don't think anybody would be talking. I mean, 
you know, we're talking about all the life force in your body just you know, leaching out. I mean, and the, the doctor even had to know, come on, too many things, too many questions. You know, every time William and Harry, every time Harry would go to a party as a, as a kid, as a teenager, let's say a costume party, well, they dress up as a Nazi. I mean, you know, it's like I tell people, those kids do not dress themselves. It's just something they don't do. And so you got a question. What, what message are they trying to send? When he was in college, he had them come in, uh, all of the cameramen and, and news people come in. He wanted to do a press report. And they said, why are we here? And he said, look around you. And they looked around. He said, follow me. He walked around the campus and everywhere. And he said, what did you see? And they said, well, we didn't really see anything. He said, exactly. He said, I am an heir to the throne, and I do not have one bodyguard that is protecting me. He said, why is that? He said, I'm asking the question, but nobody else is asking the question. I want you to bring it to the people and have them ask the same question. We have to start asking the questions, you know? And if we don't get the answer that we truly believe, and that is by, you know, evidence. I mean, that what they're telling us is true, then we have to, we have to take our government back. We have to, you know, put people in office that we can trust. I mean, aren't you getting tired of some of them have been in there so long that when somebody raises, you know, yells out, you know, you know they think that, you know, that they're going to vote for a bill? And so the person on the podium says, okay, everyone raised their hands, you know, and what they were really saying was, you know, anybody want pudding? <laughs> and when our legislatures get to be filled with people that think that, oh, it's about pudding, then we have to, we have to, we have to change things, you know? Okay. And, you know, a king will never rise higher than the consciousness of his subjects. And it's time that we did. These are not things I like to talk about, but they are things that must be seen and must be known because we're walking into the gates of heaven opening up. And you know what? If you haven't seen those things and you're not seeing those things and you're not talking to people and you're not trying to, you know, bring them over to peace and love instead of, warring and, and arguing, then those gates are not going to be accessible. And God knows, I want us all to go. I wish we could just all be forgiven of everything and we could all just go right through. If you'd like to have a reading of your own, please call 304-567-3354 and ask for myself or ask for Sandy, and we will do a reading for you. And we want to thank all of you for joining us for this radio show. And we do hope that you will join us again in two weeks. God bless. God bless.